1: This episode of Cool Mom 101 is brought to you by Lash On, Wax Off. Lash On, Wax Off offers eyelash extensions, lash lifts, spray tanning, and waxing in the comfort of your own home in the greater Vancouver area. That's right, she comes to you. I've been seeing Katie at Lash On, Wax Off for years now for my lashes, spray tans, and waxing, and her services are always meticulous, plus she's an absolute gem. From now until the end of October, book any service with Lash On Wax Off. You will receive a free Patchology Skincare gift valued at $10. Just mention Cool Mom 101 when booking. Visit lashonwaxoffstudio.ca to book and make sure to check them out on Instagram at lashon.waxoff. Welcome back to Cool Mom 101. I hope you guys have all been having a great end to your summer. It definitely feels like it's the end of summer here in Vancouver. It went from summer to fall real quick. This past weekend, I actually spent two nights away from little Leo for our annual girls weekend at my family home in the Sunshine Coast, and this is something we've been doing. This is the fifth year, fifth annual, yeah, and it's just a really great time for me and some of my best friends to get away, spend some real quality time. We had dance party till 2 a.m. the first night, so yeah, you can... uh, you can imagine. It was a good time had by all. <laughs> um, and it actually wasn't as bad as I thought it would be being away from Leo. I really thought I was going to miss him so much. And don't get me wrong, I definitely did miss miss him a lot. But it wasn't as intense as I thought it would be. I really, really enjoyed my time. And I'm so appreciative um, to my friends for taking the time. And also to my partner for giving me that you know, time away that I think I really needed. And while we're on the subject of thank yous, I wanted to thank all of you again for all your support. I'm so grateful to all of you for sharing this podcast with your friends and please, please keep spreading the word. You guys are the best. So for this episode, episode number 7, I'm joined by Yasmin Hardcastle. Yasmin is a writer, blogger, and yoga teacher, and has recently started a podcast called City Girl Talks. Yasmin was my personal yoga teacher throughout my pregnancy and she was one of the people who made up my prenatal dream team. Um, I'm actually going to do a full episode on what exactly that was and what that entailed to share with you guys. So more on that coming your way soon. So today's episode lessons include why prenatal yoga and Pilates is so important some of the best poses and exercises to incorporate into your prenatal routine, as well as organizational tips for moms from Yasmin's years as an executive assistant. It's a great episode, really excited to share it with you guys, so let's get right to it. Here's episode number seven of Cool Mom 101 with Yasmin Hardcastle. Welcome to the show. Yasmin, thank you so much for being here.
0: Thanks so much for having me.
1: So for the opening segment this time, I thought we'd do a little bit of mom love questions. So what is your favorite thing about your mom? Oh my, God, I have to pick just one. <laughs> things is fine. I'll accept a couple answers. Don't okay. worry.
0: Um, my One of my favorite things about my mom is, that she calls me her little heart and she always says that i am the best gift that she has ever received i think i so i would probably say that that is my favorite thing and also the fact that as she gets older she gets more eccentric and a little bit more unfiltered but she's just so true to who she is and i really appreciate that about her so while i'm kind of like oh my god mom please stop if anybody else were to say that to her i would jump down their throats so, totally i just love that she is who she is and that i have always felt very loved in my
1: life oh so, what a good answer
0: <laughs>
1: what do you think is the best advice you've gotten from your mom because moms always oh, be given out the advice
0: oh yeah and they're usually always right, right? i know <laughs> um i would say that the best advice that my mom has given to me is to not be afraid to ask for help Mm. which is a very interesting one because she's very fiercely independent but also very resourceful and she's had she was a single mom so she had to have a community um and so she's definitely taught
1: taught me that that's actually such a good good lesson especially especially when you are a new mom because you you just don't realize I think how much help you do need and for those of us who aren't the best at asking for it it becomes I think compounded when you're all of a sudden a mom and you're exhausted and I think there's also this idea that you should be able to the certification you should be able to handle it on your own I mean come on everyone else is doing this so yeah. I can only imagine, as a single parent, that must have been, like, amplified.
0: Yeah, and if my dad was around. Like, I, I see, I still see my dad very often. And when I was a kid, I was very fortunate. You know, I saw him on the weekends, but I lived with my mom. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, she had to ask for help. Like, if she hadn't, she would have just, she just wouldn't have been able to do it.
1: Yeah, she would have been screwed. Yeah. yeah. So, last one of this opening segment here. What would be your kind of ideal date with your mom? Like, what do you guys like to do?
0: Uh, well, I just moved to Victoria, and um, something that I miss is that when I lived near my mom, because we used to live about like two blocks away from each other, I we would have dinner every Aww. Tuesday at her house, and um, that started originally because I was kind of going through a little bit of a hard time when I originally ended up moving back into that neighborhood and. Um, but then obviously it became a fun thing, and my mom won't let me get her a Netflix account, but she loves using mine, and so we would <laughs> go have dinner and we binge watch and go for the walk, and then come back and watch more Gilmore Girls or Bones or whatever. It whatever you had going, like and so that's my that's my favorite date with my mom. We're like going to a movie with her, mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun.
1: Awesome, yeah. that's so cute. You know, there's something to be said for like sharing a meal with someone, mm-hmm. and there's something like that I've started to think about a lot more now that Leo's getting a little older is, like, I really want to have family dinners. And, like, I grew up with that. It was, like, a non-negotiable. And it's funny, I think of, like, the teenage years where I probably didn't even, like, talk to my parents during (laughs) dinner, but it felt, like, comforting Mm -hmm. to know that, like, every night at whatever it was, 5.36 p.m., we sat down and, like, had a meal together. So I think there's something, like, really comforting in that. I love that you guys did that and hopefully we'll be able to do it like more often again at some point in the future. That's really cute though. Adorable. One thing I really wanted to talk about with everyone, um, because you are a yoga teacher and for those who don't know, uh, Yasmin was actually my, um personal yoga teacher um during my pregnancy and it was something that I looked forward to so much and um I always say like you I had kind of a team around me that made my pregnancy amazing I totally did but you were definitely one of those people yeah so
0: honored to be I really looked forward to our sessions too it was a nice way to catch up with my friend but also something that I really love. I'm very passionate about yoga
1: and teaching, so it was nice to be able to do that. Yeah, it was awesome. So I wanted you to share with everyone um how you kind of got into yoga. So I you're very passionate about it. This is, you know, it was it's obvious when you get to know you. Um but if you could let everyone know how you kind of got into it.
0: My mom made me go. <laughs> how fitting. Um,
1: I didn't even know this. Perfect.
0: I um when you sent me the questions, I was like, well, "How did I start yoga?" And my mom—I did ballet for a really long time, all throughout like my like school years and through high school. And um, my mom would always say to me. And my auntie was a yoga teacher, but like that, nev- you know, when your parents tell you things, you don't want to listen. And, <laughs> um, she made me go one time because there was a shop um, where I grew up, and the lady was also a yoga teacher. And I remember going, and I was like, okay, well, whatever, <laughs> and it was fine. But then when I stopped dancing, and I started going to college, and then I started working, I needed something else for my body, um, as well as for my brain, because dance is very, it's a very disciplined thing, and it's good for your memory, like, and your muscles, and all of that, and so I needed something different, and so I was like, oh, well, I'll try yoga, and... Um, I got into hot yoga, which I actually don't really like anymore, but that's a whole other story, (laughs) Um, but also into Pilates as well, and then um, my Pilates teacher encouraged me to take teacher training, Mm -hmm. um, because she thought that I would enjoy that, and so I did, and then I did my prenatal training, which was like a whole mind-blowing experience, and then I... Found, I had found a yoga studio at that point I really enjoyed going to, and then um, I decided that one day I'd like to have a studio, I'm still not there yet, but one day. Um, and then I decided to do my teacher training, and I, because I knew it was a big commitment, it was also a very big financial commitment, um, I put my deposit down very early. I remember going to a set, to the intro session, and um, I was like, oh, I want to put my deposit down, and they said, oh, okay, for this, and I said, nope, I want to do it in September not in the spring. I want to do it in September. And they're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> great. Right. Yeah. And so I did. And that, um, that was a really life changing experience. I feel like people might roll their eyes at that a little bit, but, um, it is like you were going in, you were doing something for yourself. You are learning, but at the same time, you're not just learning about your asanas like the yoga poses and all of that you're also learning about yourself
1: 100%
0: and you're learning about your mind and how you deal with things and you have these little shifts and I also ended up meeting one of my very best friends like re-meeting one of my very best friends in that yoga training Sarah who you oh yeah our little pod that we had um she and I used to work together and then when I walked into the first day of training, and we saw each other, and we were like, "Oh my gosh, we have a friend!" Like <laughs> a the person. First day of school. Yeah. And if you have a person, then it makes makes it a little bit better, right? And she also has moved to Victoria recently as well, so it's it's been nice. So it mm. gave me some lovely new friends, and it gave me a nice foundation for myself. And then I ended up like working at my studio and also taking um, the prenatal training.
1: Mm hmm. So cool. So, yeah. That's awesome. So when we think about prenatal yoga, what would you say are some of the biggest benefits that women will see?
0: Well, I've, I wrote down three because there's a mm-hmm. million benefits, that, Totally, but a million. <laughs> I've, I've, to keep it short, <laughs> um, one thing that prenatal yoga is very good for is pelvic floor strength and elasticity. And this was the mind-blowing part of like, the, like, my Pilates prenatal training and also going through my, um, my prenatal yoga training is that the female body is so amazing. And you are creating life. And I have not gone through this process, but I've seen like, I, through your pregnancy yep. and like many other girlfriends, like, you are growing a life, and that life gets heavier. <laughs> and it's sitting in your uterus on your pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. and if you think about your pelvic floor kind of like a trampoline it's it's fairly bouncy like you're able if you engage your pelvic floor it can go up and down and all of that but as you have this weight that is you know like an olive and then it becomes a cantaloupe and then it becomes the size of a watermelon (laughs) whatever it is that you compare that to that's sitting on your pelvic floor so um doing gentle forms of physical exercise in a pregnancy, like as long as your doctor says that it's okay for you to be doing that. Um, And generally, if you've been physically active leading up to your pregnancy, it's okay for you to have modified forms of that for yourself as you go through your pregnancy, depending on how it is. But anything that you are doing for yourself, physical activity-wise, that like is helping you with your pelvic floor and it's helping keep strength, um, because you end up pushing that baby out or having it taken out of you, but regardless of how, whether you have a C-section or you give birth naturally, you have put a lot of strain on that area of your body. And so doing prenatal yoga or any form of exercise that can help you keep going and help keep strength in that pelvic area will help you in your recovery as well. And it will also help you as you deliver your baby because while that is, I'm told, a very Painful, I guess is the word for it, experience. I believe it can be painful. It's also very hard work, like you, it's called labor for a reason, like you are bringing something into the world. Um, It helps you be able to breathe through that. It helps your body realize that it's very strong and when you need to relax and your contractions and everything that's going through your body as your baby's ready to come into the world. So pelvic floor strength and elasticity, really, really important. Especially in the recovery, because um, often what happens after a pregnancy is incontinence. Because again, you've put a lot of strain on the pelvic area of your body, and now it doesn't really have any support. That's why they give you the underwear when you leave the hospital, like all the things. And then when your doctor says it's okay for you to start exercising again, the pelvic floor is something to to consider strengthening again. But as you recover from your birth, then... Um, having that pelvic floor strength and elasticity will be very helpful. Mm-hmm. That's I'm rambling a little bit. No,
1: it's interesting, though, on the pelvic floor front, um, I, maybe TMI, whatever, don't really care <laughs> at this point, but I didn't have any problems with incontinence. Well done. So I think, though, there's this, I, I think it's a misconception that every person is going to have issues with that. Um, and it doesn't need to be that way. Of course, every body's different mm-hmm, than every sure. person is. But I think for me, I saw pelvic floor physio before. Uh, yeah, um, about. and so while I was pregnant and after, and I always say like, if you can manage it, I think every woman should, mm-hmm. because it made me understand where I was at before. Right. So then I could really understand as I was going through my healing, of course, in the, in the very beginning, it is like, it's just been fully stretched essentially. So it takes some time, but once it, the, you know, the muscle kind of structure started coming back, Mm -hmm. I knew kind of where I was at. And so like now I feel like, I feel like it's fully, pretty much the strength is all back. Now I'm nine months postpartum just for everyone to know. It's not like it happens overnight, but I really knew my baseline and I could feel the strength coming back. So the public floor physio and then doing My yoga. Like, I was consistent with that, and I think those kind of two things really helped me.
0: Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. just really important. I think that when we think about, like, quote-unquote, down there, like, unless you're curious or, like, I don't know, some people, you just don't know. And that's why I was so mind-blown when I started going through my prenatal trainings is because I went, oh, my goodness, that's what happened. That's (laughs)
1: that's what
0: happens in your body? Yes. It was this... Like, I actually heard my brain explode because you don't get – I don't think that you get taught that. Mm
1: -mm. You don't. You really don't. And honestly, even though I had, like, amazing midwife care and, like, that's not where I really got the information from. Mm -hmm. It was mostly, like, me and you kind of also planting the seeds. You know, if you go to a prenatal kind of yoga class, they might talk about that or Pilates – and then I actually saw a flyer, though, in my midwife's office. And it was like
0: pelvic pelvic, pelvic floor, floor physio. It. And I was
1: like, what's that? I literally didn't know.
0: You were so curious, though, throughout your pregnancy. And I, re- that's, I feel like you were like that throughout your life as well because mm-hmm. you like to learn. Yeah. I also really like to learn. And that's why I go, like, check out different things. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's important to have the knowledge of those totally. things. And, like, the pelvic floor um, if you think about anything when you get pregnant, like, figure out how to keep strength in your pelvic floor and go ask questions, read maybe read some books, or go to prenatal yoga, or, you know, just reach out, do some Googling, and see what you can do or where you can go. Um, totally. You know, there's all there's specialists out there that can help you. And if you, I think the curiosity is really the biggest thing. Totally. Um, but coming back to quickly to the benefits. So pelvic floor... Um, squats are also really good for that, by the way, keeping leg strength as well, because you have this weight that's in front of you, so it, like keeping that like, pelvic floor strength and also working into your muscles helps you keep balanced. I feel like the overall well-being that you have and feeling about doing something good for you and baby is really important. Um, again, not having gone through a pregnancy myself when I see my friends go through their pregnancies, I find that the ones who are the happiest are the ones who are doing things for themselves. Like, so they might have had incredible morning sickness in the first trimester, or might be feeling like, you know, really shitty or whatever. But overall, they're like, they're really loving the fact that they're pregnant. And as long as you I feel like if you're doing something good for yourself, even just in regular life, then the world is a whole lot better. So, and it's such especially when you go to a class, it's that, like you've been to Teresa's class. Mm-hmm. Like, it's such an, uh, an empowering and wonderful community feel in there to know that you know virtually everybody else in the room is in the same boat as you are. You're all like growing this little person inside of you. And knowing that you are doing that for yourself, I think is really important. And I think that's the same just, again, in regular life when you are showing up for yourself like going to a class or whatever it is, or eating well. Um, And then there's the empowerment and knowledge and community that I feel that pregnancy creates for women. Um, Especially if, like I said, you were very curious in your pregnancy, and I think that if you don't know what's going on for yourself, being curious about it in a positive fashion is really important, and that's whether you're pregnant or just, again, in regular life but feeling empowered in your pregnancy and knowing that you have choices for yourself and that not every pregnancy is the same and that you don't have to be doing the same thing as everybody else. And that's a message that I really like in the who I took my prenatal yoga training from uh, Teresa at Semper Viva. She talks about that a lot in her class and that's why I wanted you to experience that because she's a little bit more, as I say, like howl at the moon than I am, but she, is so supportive and giving and empowering of what she calls her mamas because she wants them to know that they are powerful and they are going to be doing the best that they can. And just feeling that empowerment, I think, is really important, and I feel that that's a big benefit of yoga.
1: 100%. And Teresa's class, if you live um, in Vancouver, it's the absolute best. I actually credit... Some things she taught me in that class to like how good my labor was. I'm not kidding. Well, she. The breath work it's the breath amazing. work that she taught me, specifically the horse lips. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you guys know, you know. If you don't, maybe like Google it. But no, it's um kind of like a breathing technique that really helps to basically relax everything down there. So when you think about your mouth, it's actually very connected to the nether regions. And so you're clenching your jaw, exactly. is, yeah. One hundred percent. So a lot of times in labor your reaction might be to clench because mm-hmm. it it's intense. Yeah. Um but that was one of the best things I learned is like understanding that okay, so a baby needs to come out of this place mm-hmm. and there needs to be some relaxation. There
0: needs to be space.
1: And space, yeah. exactly. So understanding that connection and learning that breath that really did just completely relax me, it was really like important for me and made such a difference, I swear.
0: Because there are things that you recall, right? Like if you go to class or if it's something that we did together, you remember the fact that, oh, if maybe if I do this, this will relax me. And you might just think it's completely ridiculous in that time until you get to that point where you're like, she was right. A hundred
1: percent. And for people who haven't um, been in labor, I will say you kind of have this idea of how you might be while you're in labor before. Like I really thought I was going to be, just an example, I thought I was going to be one of those people who like was walking around the house like squatting. And <laughs> I actually laid in what is essentially – you could call fetal position. Like I laid on my side Ooh. for the whole time and I was like kind of crunched up and that's what felt the best. So you just never know yeah. what you're going to feel. And you're exactly right. Having those tools to kind of call upon almost subconsciously, like yeah. it's so necessary if you want to have like a nice experience. Exactly. And mine was, I have to say. Well, that's good. Yeah.
0: I guess just in recap, cause I ramble. Um, pelvic floor strength and elasticity, your overall well-being about doing something good for yourself, having that empowerment and knowledge like for like during your pregnancy and as you give birth, and also the breath work because like you're saying it like or what I was saying is that it, it seems a little ridiculous at the time because you're like, well, oh, I'm doing these horse lifts, like I feel silly. <laughs> but then when you get there, or if you just need to relax, like for anybody who's not pregnant or not like having a baby at the moment, if you just need to relax, if you just like trail your lips like a horse, it's essentially, yeah, like that. I can never do it when I talk about it, but you do it good. But you will relax <laughs> That's it, guys. And, and it makes you laugh too. This oh, is yeah. the thing. And then you will relax. So mm-hmm. those are the four things.
1: Those are really, really great tips. And yeah, I, I think those things really do pertain to anyone also not just pregnancy but the pelvic floor thing is something to really like really think about for sure sure. are there any specific poses now we talked about the breathing exercises so Mm -hmm. that's something you definitely want to focus on Mm -hmm. for people who are pregnant um what are there any poses that are really good
0: squats are amazing for you and they help A, work your pelvic floor, but they also give strength in your glutes Mm. um, as well as your upper legs because as, without going into like a full anatomy lesson, but as (laughs) baby grows, your pelvis tilts all kinds of different ways. And because you, generally people, you would think that because there's this belly in front of you. That you're tilting your pelvis forward and then you have kind of like a duck what i would call a duck bum yeah but that's actually not what happens because you'll you'll notice like and you did this as well you like you support your baby right so you're like holding that weight but because you're trying to tip back so you don't tip forwards you end up tucking your pelvis and that like engages your glutes a little bit too much and also not as much as you need to so doing the squats helps just engage all the leg muscles and like provide a little bit of strength for you um, in a time when you need to be figuring out that balance um child's pose is really really lovely like a nice supportive child's pose because obviously as your belly gets bigger you can't just sort of like go down on your knees and go on the ground it's very uncomfortable Uh, but a wide-legged child's pose so um, child's pose for those who don't may not know it's essentially the fetal position, but you are facing the ground and um, in pregnancy. And also, if you just want to like open up your chest and open up your pelvis a little bit, if you're not having baby, um, you would open up your knees and bring your heart a little closer to the ground and maybe have your arms out in front of you or behind you. Um, and a good way to support in pregnancy and child's pose is to be on your forearms um, and also to create a little bit of space in the backs of the legs um to maybe put some blocks or like a bolster or something like that so that you create a little bit of height for yourself in in that pose um and then it's not a yoga pose per se but um what I would call like heel lifts or calf pumps Um, like what you and I would do. Yes, I almost
1: forgot about that. And
0: that's a really good partner exercise, something that you can involve your partner in um, as you are taking care of yourself and baby is having your um, partner hold your hands and face you. And then, or if you're, um, your partner's not available, doing it with a friend or putting one hand on the wall just to give yourself some balance. And basically, you're just going up onto the balls of your feet and down and up and down. And it's really good for your circulation. Something that can happen in pregnancy mm. is swollen ankles, and that um, is, is water retention, it's poor circulation, it's just something that happens with what's going on in your body. Um, and doing those calf pumps. Like kicks back that circulation into into its sort of regular like regularly scheduled programming it's really good for your calf muscles so if you do it for about like 30 seconds pause and maybe do that you know like three or four times make sure you also stretch your calf muscles afterwards um then that's really really great um but yeah those are probably the ones that i would recommend
1: that's awesome yeah.
0: oh, so no crunching I will say like so those are the things that you want to do but no crunching you have this little person growing inside of you do not do ab crunches there are modified abdominal and just overall exercises that you can do in yoga and in just um, regular exercise but no crunching it's really really not great for baby it's also not great for you um, but there are ways to, um, prevent what's called diastasis recti, which is when your abdominals open cause you know, your belly's growing, it happens, but crunching is not the way to bring that back together or strengthen. Um, I can like give some exercises for you to post or something like that, but, um, that's something that you should not do. No crunching.
1: That's a no go. Yeah. Yeah. So the benefits though of yoga in everyday life, I think a lot of people have experienced that. Uh, and I will say I kind of came back to yoga in the prenatal period more than I had in like before that, because I think it it can be a little less intense. And so a lot of the things I was doing, I actually couldn't really do pregnant or later I couldn't. Mm-hmm. It got um, it's just way too intense, like things that are more like high intensity, almost like CrossFit-esque was a lot of the stuff I was doing before and that doesn't feel good like for me I'm like jumping around with weights like it was too much so it was really nice to kind of come back to it um yeah thank you for sharing all the all the yoga tips thank you Sorry for rambling. No, it's good. The information is gold. That's what we want. So switching gears here a bit, Yasmin is um, multi-talented. So <laughs> one of her other careers, which is kind of a past career now, yes. recently passed, but um, Yasmin has worked as an executive assistant um, for how many
0: years? I worked as an executive assistant probably like for 12 years.
1: So quite a while. And across yeah. a few different industries as yes. well. Yeah. So she knows her stuff in that realm. Let's put it that way. And that was something I thought would be really cool to share with the community as well, considering uh, mums often find themselves at even more of a time crunch. Like mm. sometimes you're really working with like extremely limited amounts of time. And I can't imagine, I haven't got here yet, but when you go back to work, if you're planning to go back to work, right. there's all that transition too. So I was wondering if you had any great tips to share.
0: So I loved when you asked me this in, mm-hmm. when we talked about doing this because, to be perfectly honest, when you're an executive assistant and especially if you're supporting more than one executive, they are your children. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you are looking after these adults. Seriously. Um, and I'm not saying that they act like children, it's just they are your children. Like, you are telling them where to go, making sure they get somewhere on time. Make it, you know, like, it's almost like you're handing them their lunch to go to school sometimes. And um, that's just what an EA does. <laughs> you are, you are a, a, an executive mom. Um, something that kept, like, there are a few things that kept me organized um, as an EA is I, someone used to call it my gumball machine because when I'm um, at work, when I have Outlook, um, I would have a color-coded calendar for each of my executives, mm-hmm. um, and I would also do that for myself. And I don't know how I managed to remember like what color was what for everybody, but... Um, and then each executive had their own color-coding, and I would make them do that, because then they knew what red meant, I knew what red meant, and then they were able to be organized that way. Um, so I think that having a color-coded calendar is important you and I had talked a little bit about like syncing calendars and stuff like that
1: yes and I think syncing is a good tip because if you are you know if you have a partner that you're sharing parental stuff with Mm -hmm. it's good to put certain things in there um that's kind of why I was talking to you about that and I think most parents can need that
0: and I I think that's beneficial, like, regardless of whether you have a partner or you, it's just you with baby, because then if you have, and you don't need to make it complicated, but like, for example, if red was me, and green was Mark, like, my partner, then, um, like, I, we just have that. We have a written calendar, but um, I've, like, for my executives and stuff like that, and more of a techie age and stuff like that, when everybody has their, their phones, um, having that Calendar is really important, and like with executives, I would put in when I was away or like if I was going to be out of the office, stuff like that. Um, and they but they're always on their phone or their computer, so having like their little system, um, is great. So if you have your own little calendar system, yeah, and you really just need to keep it super simple, it doesn't need to get complicated. Um, and then everybody's on the same page so totally forgets that. Oh, well, like you had to go to a doctor appointment, and, and your partner was just like, Oh, but. Well, but I have to go to soccer or whatever. Yeah, like. um,
1: I have this other commitment at the same yeah, time. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and then you can
0: have like little Leo's stuff in there. And so I, I personally, I think that's a really good idea. And I'm so grateful that as, in, like, as an executive assistant, I had technology because I, I could not imagine being an EA without the technology that I've had in my career. Um, delegate where possible. Mm-hmm. That's something that took me a really long time to um, be okay. With. And it's like I was saying about my mom saying like just be okay with asking for help. Um, nobody thinks less of you if you do, and if they do, then you know they're just not being very nice. Um, but delegating and being okay with saying no to something, I think, is important. And again, not being a parent, I don't, I don't know where that necessarily would apply um all the
1: time it literally applies more than ever
0: maybe for like social commitment everything and whatever Mm -hmm. you just need to decide what's important in the day and for me if I had like a lot going on and you know like there might be a client thing or something like that like and especially when you have multiple people or if like you have like your multiple kids you just need to figure out what's important and what can wait and and the delegating is really important um and I'm glad that I've gotten better Mm-hmm. that um that don't be afraid to ask for help write everything down I have notebooks where I used to I would like shred them when I if I would leave a job or something but like writing every single thing down or like I leave post-its for myself at my at my personal desk at home now and before I would leave for the day when I was working somewhere else I would leave a post-it of like the two most important things that I needed for my, like, to do in the morning. And then I'd have everything else in my notebook. Um, I leave post-its at the door for myself if I need to remember something. Like, like if you, it's something super important, you need to, yeah. Yeah. That's a and good so one. Write everything down if you can. And that can be in your phone. Like, it doesn't have to be post-its or a notebook. It can be in your phone and have, like, the reminder pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then don't feel like you have to do everything at one time. I feel... As an executive assistant, I was very good, and I, I'm still really good at multitasking, but I've realized that it doesn't always serve me to do that. Um, and when I focus on one thing for a little chunk of time and then move on to the other thing, and then move on to the other thing, and you know, you answer phone calls or do whatever in between, but um, just being able to do that one thing at a time Particularly because since I tend to get like a little bit up in my head, um, being able to laser in on something positive that needs to get done is helpful. So I hope that those are some helpful tips for. Yeah. Um, I feel like those are things that my mom also did with me to a certain degree. so um, yeah.
1: yeah, those are awesome. Thank you for sharing. To wrap this up, I thought we would play a little game of this or that. Oh, you ready for it okay okay all right (laughs) here we go she doesn't look ready guys she looks scared or something
0: you
1: didn't send me this (laughs) oh girl i'm not gonna hurt you it'll be fine okay wine or cocktail oh wine (laughs) Mm-hmm. any kind of wine you're into right now i just really
0: like red wine
1: you know what i've gotten into i feel like i'm a spokesperson for lambrusco now Lambrusco. Oh. It's like sparkling red oh. wine, and it's delightful. You're gonna have to try it now, cause I also love red, but it's kind of nice in you know in the summer yeah. or if you're not feeling like something a little more heavy. And it's right. it's got like light sparkles usually. I've only tried maybe five or six types, right? Like five Is or six like kinds.
0: Sparkling Pinot Noir or something.
1: It's kind of like that, yeah. Okay. But it comes from like a specific region in Italy. You'll have to try it. I bet you'll like it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, Anna, this is kind of related. Italy or Spain?
0: Oh, that's such a hard one. <laughs> um, right now I would have to say Italy because I've recently been in Spain and I need to go back to Italy.
1: So. Awesome. Money or free time?
0: <laughs> oh, I've stumped her on this face. one. I wish you could see my face. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I stumped you. I don't know. Ugh. <laughs> um, I ha—I can't choose this or that. I-, I have to say both. And I say that because I am now in a position in my life where I have a little bit more financial freedom, but I also have a little bit more spare time. And I feel like I found like a good balance in that Probably. for the most part. So I can't really
1: choose <laughs> more is more. I'm okay with that. Uh, winter or summer?
0: I'd have to say winter, even though mm-hmm. I really enjoy summer. I'm more of like an autumn, like fall yep. person, but I really like being cozy. And so for me, I, you know, I don't like being cold. I love like bundling up and being cozy and like
1: having my cup of tea. And I knew you were going to say tea. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Last one. Dog or cat? Dog. Yeah, I was like, I think you're going I think you're a dog girl.
0: I'd be happy with either, but,
1: <laughs> but dog. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much for being here and taking the time to share all your awesome knowledge on yoga and organizing, getting your ish together. Yes, um, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here. Thank
0: you for having me. This was fun. Thank you for listening to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. If you liked our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.